Well, again, good evening. It's good to see each of you here, and we hope you've had a good day and that things are good with you. It's been a beautiful day, and uh, so we're, we're thankful for the Lord for that. He's blessed us with good weather and good health to be able to be together and, and come together as we are this evening. This is the Sunday night that we honor and recognize our graduates. Uh, each year we, we do this uh, in recognition of those young people who are moving from one uh, grade to another or from the last grade into uh, what I sometimes say real life. Uh, the different things that uh, come with that, um, but are moving on to higher education. Some will, some will enter the workforce, and uh, it's always an exciting time of year uh, when this time of the year comes around for our young people. I can remember Back when I was at that point in my life, as far as graduating high school, and uh, thought I knew everything, thought I needed no help, no guidance, uh, had it all figured out, and it um, didn't take me long to figure out that that was not the case. Um, it was very humbling uh, for me when I when I reached that point, uh, and and two, even at that point in my life, uh, I didn't have a clue what I was going to do. Uh, it's a very challenging time in your life as a young person, and just not knowing. Uh, everybody says go do this. Everybody says go do that. You have family members who are in this field or this trade or this way or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, and you say, well, I need, to, I need to follow maybe in the family footstep. Uh, or I need to do this or I need to, to do that. And most of our young people today um, will not know or may have an idea but what statistics show is that young people today and as they get older and as they go to school and further education, a lot of times will, will be in about four to, four to six different jobs before they settle in and stay there until they retire, whatever the case may be. Used to, that wasn't the case. Uh, even when I grew up, you, uh, I was advised um, by men in my life to go get you a job and whatever, and you stay there. You work, you work honestly for, for eight hours a day, and honest day's work for honest day's pay, and, and you stay there, and you do what you need to do, and you move up the corporate ladder, and you'll be successful. And that's what I chose to do after two years of college and in the technical field. and uh, But even at that point, I didn't have a clue what I was going to do. Uh, I was still wandering around like a lost Easter egg. Uh, just didn't have a clue. 
But it's a very challenging time. And a lot of things can come during those challenges. Uh, A lot of disappointments can come. A lot of uncertainty to our young people. So tonight I want to to give our young people just a few thoughts. And we are, we'll be uh, having a fellowship tonight after the services in honor of them. And we hope that you will stay and be part of that. In John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, it's a very familiar passage to us. You have Christ and his members, if you will, being connected to Christ, being connected to godliness, being connected to the right source, if we should paraphrase or summarize that passage. And he uses a, an analogy that we can fully understand even today. He takes a vine and a branch. And a man who tends to that vine and those branches. And shows that if the connection is there. And that it is fully connected and that it's receiving the full nutrients, the full uh, effect of being connected to that vine of the things that can happen. But he also lays the other side of that and says, this is what can happen if you're not connected to those things or to that branch, to that vine rather. So you think about that when he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman or the vine dresser. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth or prunes it, that it brings more fruit. I can remember growing up, and my grandfather and I, we um, would prune uh, the apple orchard. We'd go and cut away the suckers that were on the trees and we'd trim back the, the bushes and, of the tree and, so that it didn't take up the nutrients for everything else out on the further ends of it and um, those types of things. And it, and it helped it bear more fruit uh, because of that. But he says, Now you, <clears throat> ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abides not in me, He is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. 
Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Being connected to the right thing. Just a few thoughts on that passage and some other thoughts concerning what, if we're connected to the right vine and to the right thing, what we will gain in our life. Tonight, I want you to think about this, young people. <clears throat> At every commencement or graduation or whatever it may be, they usually bring someone in to give a speech, don't they? They want to give you a speech, and they want to motivate you. And in that speech, they'll give you different things that say, well, this is what you can do in life, and you've reached a, a pinnacle part of your, your career, and and after this, you're going to do great things, and they'll tell all the test scores and ACTs, and they'll just make a big to-do about all the knowledge that you know. And they'll leave you with some type of words that will help you that you'll think upon for many years to come. And sometimes it's a well-known celebrity or... Um, I noticed the vice president was down at TSU last weekend, and uh, sometimes we bring in different ones here, Jamie Dayton and others, for our commencement at the high school, and just different ones. Someone of importance that has been successful. Uh, a lot of times in the business world, they want the young people to see, and they want them to share with them how did they, how did they become successful and make all the money or, or whatever they did in life. But very rarely do you see one that will come in and say, I remained godly. I have what I have now. Now, sometimes they'll make reference to God, but not most of the time. It's usually about how much money that they've made and how they accomplished that. But I want to ask you this question tonight. If Jesus, those of you who are going to sit at graduations in a few days, if Jesus were your graduation commencement speaker, what would he say? What would he say to you as a graduate? <clears throat> Do you think he would say, all you, this is how you make a lot of money, You step on whoever you can to get to the top and climb the corporate ladder. No, he wouldn't say those things, would he? Would he say, oh, this, you need to go and, and become in this career because the statistics say now that if you're in this field, you're going to make so much money in the years to come that you'll never have to want. Probably not. Or would he go on and say that you, uh, you just go ahead and, and just live up life. You enjoy life and you go to every party or you just go to the lake and you do all that you want to do and don't worry about anything else in your life. Because you know they do say that uh, God will give you all and take care of all. No, he wouldn't do that. 
Silly, doesn't it, to be talking like that? In John 15 and verse 2, he says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it or prunes it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Jesus would make this statement. The process of growth is endless. And sometimes it's very, very painful. That's what one thing he might say. You can gain much fruit or, or you be connected to the right thing. You be connected to the true vine that I spoke of in verse 1. And you allow the vine dresser, you allow God, my Father, and me to make the necessary prunings that need to happen in your life so that you will bear much fruit, so that you will do great things. As you grow in life, it's going to be hard. As you go about and you make your choices in, in life of, of what per, uh, you may per, pursue and go after in, in the corporate world, don't forget that you're a Christian first. Don't forget that you were brought up to, to love me, to love the church. And don't forget that when you're in those college classes that, that there is a God. And most certainly don't forget that you were created by God, not some big bang or some evolution process. But he, he would say that that process of growth, the, 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 the time that you're going to go through, you're going to bear things and you're going to do things but make sure that you're bearing and you're producing good things because you're connected to the true vine. Beware, don't connect yourself to the wrong thing because the wrong things will take you down the road that sometimes some people never make it back up. And he would remind us the process of growth is endless. You will continue to grow throughout your whole life. As a Christian, as a lifelong learner in whatever profession that you get, that's the big thing in the world today, the corporate world and education and, and other careers, is to continue to learn Continue to, to make yourself learn and to know more better ways to make money or better ways to promote your business. It's those things. There's not anything wrong with them because the Bible says that money is not the problem. 
It's the love of him. But the second thing, if Jesus were your commencement speaker at graduation, he might make this statement. You will accomplish nothing of lasting significance on your own. Now the process, I've already told you, of growth is going to be endless and it's going to be painful sometimes and there's going to be difficulties and, and you're going to have to be humbled sometimes. And, but, but through all of that, you will accomplish nothing of importance or significance completely on your own. And he might even go back to the passage of John 15 and and he might even read it, and, he's, and he might say again, Abide in me, in verse 4, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Now watch it. For without me, ye or you can do nothing. Young people, let me suggest to you tonight, without being connected to the true vine, the right kind of vine, that's going to bring about good things in your life and the right kind of fruit, you can do nothing. You will accomplish nothing that will be of lasting importance. You can go and make all the money in the world, but if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. Nothing. You can own the biggest home. You can own the the latest car. You can can own the, the most prettiest young lady as a wife in the world or the most handsome young man in the world and have nothing unless you have Jesus. We need to understand especially at that age and even we older ones that we can accomplish nothing on our own. Let me suggest to you tonight that when you put Jesus first, young people, and you put God first and godly things first, good things will happen. I promise you. You see, a lot of us in this auditorium, and notice I said us, 
have not always done that. And see, we can speak from experience that when we were not putting God first and had Jesus and connected to the true vine, things were not so well for me. And I would say probably some of you. But as long as I kept God in the number one spot, oh, it wasn't all a bed of roses. Don't let it be food. Don't be fooled by that. Because you notice the passage says, and the first statement was, the process of growth is endless. But it's also sometimes painful. Even when we are connected to God and doing godly things, we have to be pruned sometimes. Why? So that we can continue to grow. So that we can continue to, to do well and to produce a lot of good fruit. Sometimes there has to be painful moments. Sometimes there has to be letdowns in our life. Sometimes there has to be uh, different things, events to happen and say, for, for God to say, no, this is, not which, this is not the way I want you to go. I want you to go this way. Because God, what? Knows best, doesn't he? Not always have I wanted to go the way of God. Because my desire said, no, I want to go over there and do that. But one of those pruning times in, in my life was actually in, in a relationship and job-oriented. And I wanted to, to have this job and be in this relationship, and, and that's not what God wanted. And I want to tell you, if I had, re, re, if I had rebelled against God and says, no, I'm going to go over here and do what I want to do, I can promise you I would not be preaching the gospel today. I promise you that. But God pruned me. It was painful. And luckily enough, I was humble enough and had enough humility and had enough faith that I said, okay, God, this is what you want. And he led me where he needed me to be. God's always in control. Always. The third thing he might say, <clears throat> after allowing us in this speech to say, the process of growth is, is endless and it's going to be painful, and you can't accomplish anything by yourself, he might just say, I want you to understand that success is not determined by what you have, but by who you are becoming. You see, a lot of times at this time of the year, people are asking our graduates, well, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? 
college you're going to? Are you going to college? Going to get a trade? You're going to work? What are you going to do? You know, a few weeks ago, I was asking those questions and months ago. And you know the answers that I was getting? I don't know. I'm not for sure what I'm going to do. But I did get some answers. It says, I'm going to go do this. Many of you know <clears throat> Josh and Ashley Daly. She just recently graduated, I think last couple of days or something, as a doctor. They used to attend here. And I was blessed enough to, Amanda and I were, to counsel them in marriage and uh, before marriage counseling before their marriage and, and perform the, the service. And in this very building on the other side, And in that counseling, we asked our young people, whoever we're working with, to develop a 10, 15, 20-year plan. Where do you see yourself? And yesterday, I commented on the post, and, and I told them, I said, if any two people could accomplish what you've accomplished, it was you two. I seen it in your eyes X number of years ago when we were in marriage counseling that number one, you were going to keep God first and number two, you were going to accomplish what you set out to do. Well, they've made it there. Still got a little ways to go, but they made it there. And I can remember in their counseling for both of them they were going to be moving across the line into one of the Carolinas or, uh, or very east Tennessee or something, somewhere around there. And they were looking for a congregation of God's people to attend. And that was important to them. And I honestly believe that they've accomplished what they accomplished because they kept God first. They were connected to the true vine. You see, that's what we've got to have. Oh, I'm sure there were some bumps along the road. There were some prunings, and, and maybe they, they doubted and tested. It was tested at times in their faith. I hope to be able to discuss that with them further uh, when we see them soon. But you know, success is not determined by what we have, but by who we are becoming. What or will you become? And I'm not asking that in the corporate world. That's secondary. What will you become, young people, in the days and months and years to come spiritually? That's most important. You've got to stay connected to that line that true vine. In our passage tonight in John 15 and verse 8, it says, Here is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples.
in what you become, always ask yourself this question. Is what I'm, a do, what I'm doing and what I'm trying to accomplish, is it glorifying God? You say, well, how do I do that? When you take a class, and as you take that class, your conduct in that class, is it glorifying God? Or in that workplace, your daily activities as you talk and as you carry on conversations with people and your actions, are they glorifying God? You can work every day and work 25 hours of overtime and have all sorts of money and feel that you're on top of the world. But as I said earlier, if you're not becoming what you need to be spiritually and you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. Again, success is not determined by what we have, but by who are we becoming. What will you become in the days to come? Hold on to your faith. Your faith's going to be tested, especially those who are entering the, the college world. There's a lot, a lot of temptation. A lot to join this fraternity or sorority or to go to this party or to go to this place and a few years ago I don't know if it's still going on or not I walked into the store up by the hoop up there and they had a big poster up there and they were having a contest to see which sorority or whatever purchased the most alcohol. That was sad, I thought. I thought that was really sad. And it had TTU's logos on it. It was part of the part of the college. Which one would purchase the most alcohol? And you know what the prize was? More alcohol. To me, that's sad. And our young people, you're, you're, you're tested. You're going to be tested. But again, success is not what you have. It's who you are and what you become in life. If Jesus were your commencement speaker, I'd say he'd have a whole lot more to say. He would say, be godly. Continue to connect yourself in godly things. He might even quote 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6 that godly gain, contentment, contentment, being content with godly gain and godliness. He might even say that godliness needs to be pursued, 1 Timothy 6, 
in verse 11. And he might even say that when you connect to that true vine and you're a godly person, that it's profitable for all things, 1 Timothy 4 and 8. And he might even say that you need to work on it, pursue it, find its source. And that source meaning God's word. Take your Bibles with you. Familiarize yourself with things in the Bible that you're going to be confronted with in those college classes. There's nothing wrong with speaking up for God when you know what's right. Not a thing. Even on the job site. You're not going to be the most popular person, I can promise you that. But again, success is not what you have, but it's who you become. Tonight, maybe you need to look at your life and say, well, I'm starting, for our young people, I'm starting a new chapter. I need to make sure things are right with God so I have God on my side. Because if we're living in sin, God still loves you, but he's not on your side. God can't even look at sin. We have to recognize that, confess it, repent of it, and have it removed through prayer. God says that you must be baptized to be one of his children. And I can be on your side, he says. I can help you through those times. But you must be baptized for remission of your sins and added to the body of Christ through baptism, covered in the blood. So tonight, whatever your need, young or old, those of us who met this time in our life many, many years ago, what have you become? Is your success based on what you have and what you've accomplished? Is that what you look at? Or do you look at what you've become spiritually? I can promise you that the second one is the most important. So tonight, whatever your need may be, please come. Together we stand as we sing.